Hello, it's great to be with you. This is the first time I've done one of these 10 minute talks as part of City Church's live stream. And uh, so it's a privilege to be able to share with you. If I say the word influencer, who have you thought of? Kylie Jenner, found her name on Google. Simon Cowell, somebody in the political world, somebody in the Christian world. Krish Kandaya is a name that comes to my mind. Maybe the last person you thought of was you. But actually, you probably underestimate the influence you have on people, one way or another. Think of who influenced you most in your life. Was it a teacher, a parent, a good friend, husband, wife? Most people would say that the people who have influenced the most in their life are the people who they know and are close to them. Just ordinary people like you and me. My father, when he retired, uh, had somebody from his work say to us, the office was always a kind of place when Tom was around and he would never speak badly of people and we wouldn't want to do that when he was around. He was influencing his workplace. When my mum became a Christian, the person who led us to the Lord said, this is like a stone going into a pond and the ripples will flow out in ways that you would never comprehend. And we're already in the third generation in our family, most of whom know Jesus and are following him. I'm intrigued by the way that Jesus dealt with people. I think of Zacchaeus. All Jesus did was go to his house and have tea with him. Yes, he invited himself. Zacchaeus, if you don't know, was a tax collector who was dishonest and conned people out of their money. And there was something in that encounter that transformed him the way he did his business. And then he gave away four times what he'd stolen to the poor. It doesn't say that Jesus gave him a lecture or told him he had to do that. That's just what he decided to do. Or take the woman caught in adultery. Everybody else was going to throw stones at her, but Jesus wouldn't condemn. Jesus actually challenged them. How could they condemn whilst they themselves were people who'd sinned? And then when it was all died down, he just gently turned to the lady and said, go and don't sin again. There was a gentleness, there was a presence about him. Uh, when I was going through a tough time, Rick Thomas, who many of you know, referred me to a man called Roy, who was part of House of the Open Door. Some of you will know him. Many of you will know House of the Open Door. I went out every three weeks or so, uh, in the mornings, we walked along the lane by House of the Open Door with his dog. And I just sort of talked about how I was feeling, about what was my struggles. He never really told me what to do. He just reflected back about similar experiences he had when he was younger, about how he'd handled them for better or for worse, how he'd discovered God in them. Which just allowed me to reflect and to think about what God was saying to me and how I could grow and help me to find my place again in God. Really influential in my life when I was in my 40s and he was coming up to 80. There's some ways in which uh, we have had influence, Robin and myself. I can think of a coaching client of mine who was in a real difficult point of their life. It was off the agenda of our coaching programme, but three things had hit them in the same week and they were completely thrown 
I didn't have any words to say, just listened desperately inside asking God and saying, what do you want me to give to this person? And the answer was a reassurance that she had the resources, that she had the strength, that she'd look back on it and she would see how she'd grown and developed and overcome in the situation. She just stopped and said, it's exactly what I needed to hear. And it transformed the conversation. It was a prophetic word from God. So what's common about this? I'm meant to be talking about influence. I'm talking as part of a series about talents that Graham introduced. Uh, is it a talent, influence? Well, it's certainly something that gives us, God has given us. And Graham has uh, encouraged us a couple of weeks ago to be faithful in using the talents that God has given us, to invest in them that, that might grow. So what does that mean for influence? I've given some stories. So my first point is, each of those people I've talked about, including myself, are people who've invested their life in knowing God. A great place to start is always Jesus, who went off regularly to pray on his own to the Father, who, when put in the place of temptation, had resisted and stood firm for what he knew was right in God, who'd been obedient to the Father. And there was something in his presence, something that God placed in him, that drew people to him and changed them. My dad had invested years and years and years every day. He'd read the Bible and pray for 20 minutes. He was always at the church prayer. He just invested in building godly character. He was a quiet man. He would have never said to people in the office, I don't want you to talk like that. He just was who he was. And it created an influence to people around him. My mum just lived an ordinary life, Christian life, never a preacher, a speaker, a public face. But those ripples happened through our family and actually to people beyond our family as well. Roy was a man who spent his whole life just seeking after God, pursuing him, got things wrong, was free and open to share that, but it had an influence on the way that I thought. I've invested all my life wanting to know God. He's changed me, he's developed me, I'm pleased to say. And I was able to hear him in a moment when somebody needed it. So my first point is, if you want to invest in influence, invest in your relationship with God, get to know him better, discover his compassion, discover his purpose, discover his wisdom. That's the first thing. Spend that time in prayer. Pressing to God when things are difficult. That brings me to my second point. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 3, the writer writes, Sorrow is better than laughter. For sadness has a refining influence on us. You know, some of what Roy shared with me was out of his sadness and out of the difficult things that he'd done and about the things that he'd regretted. He shared that freely and it was a real influence on me. It came up from within who he was. I'd like to share with you a picture that Rodney had. He's been in City News recently. As you look at the picture, you'll see that there is a well but there are also people with wells inside them. And this is part of a prophetic word that God gave to Rodney for the church. What he said was, during this period of lockdown, the Holy Spirit has been deepening the wells within each one of us. Plus the water table is rising as wells fill from the bottom up as the water tables rise. That's where the water table rises. There's a sense in which during this period of lockdown, it's not about being carried along by others, by the fellowship, by the meetings. 
It's of discovering our relationship with God, pressing into him and seeing the water levels of our knowledge of him and our trust in him growing so that we each carry a well within us. And that's where the influence comes from us into other people's lives. I've talked about Roy's sadness. In our case, Robin and I went through a very difficult period when I had a business going to liquidation, leaving us owing lots of money. Robin had severe depression. Uh, we were dealing with and helping other people's trauma and, uh, and difficulties. And it was a real stretching time. But we came through that with God's faithfulness and with help from many of you people as well who are watching this. Now people come to us, particularly people in the fostering and adoption world, but also others facing difficult, challenging situations with young children in their families. And they're able to take strength from us and we're able to support them. And one of the main reasons for that is that they say, we don't need to explain it to you, you just kind of get it. And that comes out of our sadness, our grief, our loss that we've worked through with God, so that now we carry something greater than ourselves that comes from God. So I wonder what your sadnesses are. I wonder what your difficulties are. I wonder where your grief has been. Because in that, if you invest into the relationship with God during that, something grows out of that that becomes of great value for who you are, for your own wisdom and for your own peace and joy, but also freely given, grows and builds up others. Point number three, and my most important really, don't judge. My dad would never criticise the people around him or ever talk about ill of them, but he was an influence. When Jesus met a woman at the well in Samaria who had a bad reputation and had to go to the well on her own so she didn't meet other people, he just treated her with respect, actually asked for her help. And when the conversation started, he didn't condemn her or criticise her. He just saw what the Holy Spirit had shown him. I don't want to claim too much, but a bit like God showed me what that person that I was coaching needed to see, to, to hear. And he just was able to say, this is the situation of your life. And that transformed her and her and her views. He didn't pass judgment. In fact, he said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to uh, to, to bring salvation to, to sinners. My experience, and I, I've got no time to, to share this in full, and I'd love to talk to you about it. But it's about judgment, which says, I've found that when I've tried to give people advice or tell them what to do, they very rarely follow it. Sometimes do something which is useful or positive, but they very rarely do what I've suggested. I've learned that to listen, to notice things, to notice perhaps that there's a bit of a contradiction in something they might have said, or maybe to point out a scripture that might be relevant to their circumstance, which is sometimes quite challenging, but sometimes supportive. Uh, to give people the space to think, to pray, to seek what God is showing me, to say what I notice, is more powerful than to give advice. If you carry judgment in your heart, or even unforgiveness, which is very closely related, you reduce your ability to influence. If you carry hurt and pain that you don't take into God, that often becomes judgment of other people, condemning of other people. And even if your judgment is right, Jesus still said, don't judge. Of course, there are times as leaders, for example, when we have to review a situation, make an assessment and bring challenge. But if we carry judgment in our heart, that's what the other person perceives. So my three points. 
Press into God because the biggest source of influence is to become godly yourself and carry his grace and his wisdom in your life, which comes over time of getting to know him and investing in that. Two, out of the griefs and the sadnesses in your life, be open about that. Freely share it. Make yourself available so that others may benefit from what you've gained through those difficult experiences. And number four, forgive. Most of all, don't carry judgment. Don't try and make a judgment, carry an opinion of what other people should do, how they should be, whether they're right or they're wrong. Just bring love and care. Don't abandon truth. Bring scripture, but don't point the finger, either in your heart or literally. You'll be amazing how influential that can be. Invest in the talent, if you want to call it that, of influence. Know God. Let your sadness work for you. Don't judge. Thank you.